Yo, you with me? I am with you, yes. All right, let's do it. All right. Damon Jor. Damon Jor, partner, 88 East Broadway. Um, episode 5 of the Procast. Did I, did I fuck that up? It's, it's uh, East Broad Main. Street, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's East Main, right? No, it's East, East Broad Street. East Broad Street, okay. One, two, three. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, after some technical difficulties, uh, we're here again with uh, Damon Schnorr, uh, a partner at Starbucks at 88 West or East Broad, sorry, and we are here talking about what led him to this moment. Uh, David, uh, Damon, when we left off, um, you were describing how you came to Ohio. Um, yeah, so I, I decided to um, to move away. Um, I've been living in the the same small town for my entire life and wanted to you know get out and kind of spread my wings if you will um because i knew that if i would stay i would just end up um just working at the steel mill uh like so many predecessors have before um and i decided you know i wanted to you know really branch out and explore what else the world had to offer which as it so happened, it happened to just be a hop and a skip over the border to Ohio, and then I just started working for Starbucks as soon as I moved. Uh, and I've been there ever since, really. Um, How long have you been with Starbucks? I've been with Starbucks for, it'll be nine years at the end of August. Nine, ye- nine years, wow. So mm-hmm. so this this moment has been building then. Like this this unionization effort didn't come out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, it's uh, – I feel that a lot of it has the fire and the knowledge and the wisdom behind um, with partners like myself that have been very much seasoned. Like we have seen what the company is capable of and has done and the, the behavioral patterns of how they treat um, their partners. Um, and so whenever certain things happen, you know, when we get promises that are left unfulfilled – uh, we're not very surprised by it. Um, so this unionization how effort. The, how do you guys feel about the term partner? Because like, when, when I hear it, I'm like, well, that, well that, that's the number one reason why you guys want to be. You know, like, do you feel like a partner? Like, how, does, how does that word ring to you when you hear it? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much an interesting um, – it's, it's, it's an interesting way to refer to each other when we're – talking with like you know referring to even just the higher ups like when we talk to each other it seems a little bit more equitable um because there is that camaraderie in each individual store um at least in my experience um you know we we really fuel up each other and whatnot but when it comes to getting memos and stuff from starbucks leaders it's you know there's obviously this giant gap because I am a field worker making you know making these connections with customers making the direct profits, um, but then over the years there doesn't seem to be this equity of um, getting properly compensated for um, for the work that we put in. So so how did the union when like when did the move like when officially did you just decide to say fuck I'm in. <laughs> Apologies for the French, but like, when did you? What was the moment where you were just like, "We're in on this. We're gonna, we're gonna try to unionize this shop." Um, really, I feel like the probably like a year after uh, Buffalo, New York, and Elwood um, 
started up and successfully unionized. So they were our real, um, you know, we were really looking to them um, to see how everything would unfold because we had talked about unionizing before. We had talked about like, oh, you know, during this time, it would be really helpful if you had a union, but none of us had worked in a union job before. None of us knew the faintest idea of how to even get that started. And then months later, we hear that Buffalo, New York is uh, has filed to unionize um, with Workers United, and it really like sprung this kind of like this. Oh wait, they can they're actually doing it. Um, and we were just very much closely watching and rooting for them and just seeing and watching in like in real time how the company was reacting to them and all that they were doing. And I feel like all the union busting and the retaliation that they were receiving was very eye-opening and very confirming to how we felt the company has been mistreating all of us this entire time. Was Buffalo the store that had the famous viral picture where, like, the vice president <laughs> showed up and was, like, sweeping floors to, like, show yeah. we're all uh-huh. partners here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a very interesting time. <laughs> which is a very interesting strategy if I was in his position. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay, so so Buffalo unionizes. You realize it can't, like, we can do this. This is something that can be done. Mm-hmm. Did you reach out to them? Was it, like, like, did the workers at the personal store help you? Did the National Union step in? How did that uh, – how did the official process begin? Um, so it officially started with um, a partner at my store that had lived in New York and had gone back for um, a visit and said, that, oh, I'm going to stop into the store that unionized. And we're like, yes, you know, go ahead and stop in there, you know, maybe get some connections. And so, so he did um, and so he came back with information um, to get in contact with Workers United and get the ball rolling. And since then, um, we realized that this is a, a thing that we can do and that we absolutely wanted to do. Um, and so we gathered up a committee, um, started feeling out how the partners are feeling about the whole situation, the, the rest of us, the crew and whatnot. Um, and there was just a, kind of like the three of us in what we called the organizing committee. Um, that started um, actually taking the steps and meeting with our people and uh, you know, meeting with our um, given representatives um, to start learning the process and learning about what it means to unionize collective bargaining and what the union busting is and how it typically happens and what historically um uh, Starbucks stores under Workers United have been experiencing um, from Starbucks. How, how many workers do you guys have down there? We have 13. Okay. Um, so what, like, what was the reason? You had three on the organizing committee. Uh, what was, was there, like, a lot of persuasion needed from your colleagues or? Um, yeah, yes and no. Uh, I mean, a, I say a good half, a solid half, were very much on board for it right away. Um, there was a few that were a little scared because of the retaliation and possibly, um, you know, any sort of termination, stuff like that. Um, if it were to come out that they were, you know, that they had even put in a card, um, you know, one of the, the union signature cards into the National Labor Board. Um, and then there's a couple that were just like, mm, I don't think unionizing is for me. Um, 
Right. So there, there was a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, most of it was pretty positive, though. So we decided, you know, to, as the organized committee, to educate ourselves more, to talk with um, you know, other partners who, have, you know, such as Buffalo and other partners around the countries that were also filing, um, which was actually very validating uh, for me in particular, was to talk with other stores around the country and, you know, hear their stories of what they have been experiencing and seeing that their experiences and feelings about how the company has been treating us over the last, well, especially during the pandemic, but even the years coming up to that, um, was, you know, even more affirming that, you know, something needs to change and it needs to change right now because, you know, we're already, like, losing so many workers and whatnot to, um, to simply just horrible working conditions. And without, you know, truly feeling um, respected, um, like the company likes to say that they they do, they do for us. Because people don't realize, like the work, like it's you're, I mean, you're on your feet pretty much your whole shift, correct? Oh yeah. And you're probably like most companies understaffed, overworked, mm-hmm. stressed in. And I mean, you guys have like lines around the block. You know, my girlfriend used to live off on Grant Street right there on uh, Livingston, I believe it is, right there in downtown. People mm-hmm. just lined up for days. So it, I'm sure it's just you're going in and you're going hard for eight hours, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's usually it never stops. I mean, it's, you know, it's very much in line of many other, um, you know, serving service um, working jobs, like, you know, servers and bartenders and stuff like that. Like, you... I think besides the physical labor that goes into it, um, there's also the, the emotional labor that goes into it as well. Um, and that can be just as crippling um, for for some people um, whenever you're doing that hours at a time. Um, especially with downtown, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different walks of life we get. And um, a lot of them, you know, even just being people who might not – be entirely mentally stable or they might be houseless, which is nothing wrong with that, but just that, you know, we we deal with a lot of different people and sometimes we have to be de-escalate situations, um, for example. Um, and a lot of that also comes in with being threatened, which I have in my experience um, from some unstable people who've come in. Um, so it is, it's a little bit taxing, if you will, um, over over the long term. Um, just, you know, outside the day-to-day, you know, things that we have to deal with. Because and, and most customers, right, like, they, they, they want – they probably want it special. Because like, I've seen, like, the viral threads of, like, the, 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 the certain type of customer that does the online mobile <laughs> order and then has, like, 800 ingredients listed and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the great American novels is what we call like, those. I, I feel – any service worker in America, and I, I did it. I did it for years. Any service worker in America should they should just every shift they should just get three fuck yous. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah, the customer is always right. It's funny to me because you know the customer is not always right, and you're dealing and you're probably in your downtown, and not only are you do you have to de-escalate better than a cop with no mm-hmm. self defense. You know, at your yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, also, you're also probably serving the business clientele, which you know, it, they probably have pretty high demands themselves. Yeah, I mean, everybody. You know, I'd say like a good amount of my my usual regulars are, 
you know, are very, are very kind. They usually have their, you know, we have a really good working relationship with them, but, um, you know, uh, because, you know, being right next to the state house, there's, uh, always a mixed bag of different people, you know, doing rallies <laughs> over there and whatnot. So we get a very interesting mix of people that are somewhere, you know, want to come in and simply, I mean, I've gotten some that just simply wanted to come in and agitate. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It definitely keeps my life very, very interesting. Um, so, but, you know, like I, that's all stuff I can deal with. I, I've worked in customer service enough that, you know, I can, I can get them in, get them out as much as possible. Um, but I feel the, the real lack of my own, especially during COVID, having my own kind of, um, like, uh, say over my own bodily anatomy and all the, the my like workers and whatnot, the safety that came along with that, um, was shirked on the side of the company. Um, where they had basically said that we want profits over your health, despite. Uh, yeah, well, they're working from home, probably. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's exactly what, you know, we've talked about. We're just like, oh, you get to make these decisions at the comfort of your own living room, saying that you have COVID fatigue when I've been working these two past years um, with people who will fight me tooth and nail if there's even just a local mandate for a mask. And all I did was ask them just, you know, for your five minutes I've been here, like, can you just wear this for me for the safety of our partners? Um, and, you know, I would be verbally abused, um, threatened violence even, and, you know, all just because I just asked them a simple boundary. Um, but I think the biggest um, slap in the face was that the company was just like, well, just get them in, get them out. I'm just like, no, like, so you want me to enforce this policy but then are not going to back me up when I enforce it. Uh, and then when they just went away with it, it was more of a, like, well, why are we like this? You know, obviously in Franklin County specifically, we had a lot of um, surges in um, cases still. Um, and so that kind of also brought into the fact of, like, well, if we had a local union, we could contract to make our own decisions and policies for health and safety. Um, so that was kind of like also another kind of idea behind the unionization of, well, you know, these people in Seattle have no idea what it's like here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, like, you know, right now we're going through a surge, and we would feel like our partners would feel more safe if we did even just door service or mobile order only and pick up again, you know, just for the time being, just, like, things that we felt as a store would be more beneficial and safe for our partners and putting our partners first. because – there was, like, in March 2020, there was, like, the month where Ohio was leading the nation in coronavirus. Right. And we were doing good. And then as soon as, uh, you know, I don't use this term loosely either, as soon as the elite, as soon as the rich realized, well, none of us are dying. Like, we can get the PCR test. Like, we'll have access to the best health care. Like, mm-hmm. once they figured out how to fight this thing, the rich people like, well, you know, we're not – this is seasonal flu to most people. America just went, boom, full go, full go. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to go back open. And I don't understand these people that are, like, you know, talking about restrictions, da, da, da. It's like, what restrictions? Like, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> like, we couldn't even, like, all you had to do in Ohio, you go to your restaurant, you just had to wear a mask, walk mm-hmm. to the table, sit down, spread coronavirus to your service worker, mm-hmm. and then put your mask on if you stood up and walked to the bathroom. And people couldn't even handle that. Yeah, I was like, we couldn't even handle that. 
Um, yeah, so interesting enough, um, whenever in let's see, what did, March, um, the store had closed down for a month in early May. Yeah, so it was mid-March into April, early May, we had... Did they give you any pay during that time? Yeah, so that was kind of like the thing they boasted about, which um, was, you know, know, very much what I thought would happen did happen, where they're like, hey, we're going to shut down your store if you do choose to work at like a drive-thru, because some drive-thrus are still open. Um, Then we will pay you a service pay of three extra dollars on top of the wage that you make now. Um, all while like subsidizing our um, our wages in the meantime of what hours we were working typically. Um, did, you any, so you, did you guys get any paid leave, like if you caught coronavirus or anything? Uh, there was some isolated, um, yeah, like some COVID isolation pay if your store was open. Um, that and if you couldn't come to work, um, they would they would give that for about like ten to fourteen days, I believe it started with. Um, and we all had to do like a health check in, a temperature check and whatnot every time you come to work. Um, so when my store opened back up in mid May or early May, um, we were all, we were all scheduled, um, like copious amounts of labor, way more labor than you think you'd ever need. Uh, just so that we could all like safely distance each from each other. Um, we only had door side service. Um, it would typically only – we would push for only mobile order and pay kind of stuff so the customers were not allowed inside the building. Um, so this is all, you know, with our safety in mind, if you will. Um, three months, you know, go by after the the initial, you know, closing down of stores and the company decides that, you know what, this pandemic is going to last a proper pandemic length. It's no longer – it's going to be more like three years instead of three months. Um, at that point, they said, you're no longer getting your service pay for being an essential worker, which they, of course, threw on for us, too. Yeah. Um, so they took away our extra three hours, extra three yeah, um, um, dollars per hour. Um, they cut down all our labor by half. Um, they actually allowed customers back in the store. Um, this was one before they actually started enforcing masks, so they actually – made it less safe for us while not giving us the essential worker pay. Um, and then because they're cutting back labor, they sent the document out saying that you could either take three options. The first option was staying with the company with reduced hours and reduced labor. You could take a leave of absence um, for like a certain duration of time, or you could take a severance check and just entirely leave. Well, most of our stores like, well, you know, it's downtown. Most of our, you know, clientele or workers that are no longer downtown. Why don't we all just take the LOA? So we tell our district manager, like, hey, we'd like to take the LOA. And she's like, well, you can't take the LOA. Like, you, somebody has to be here to run the store. We're like, but there's no clientele here, and people you're allowing people about back. downtown Columbus. Right. It's, it's a ghost town. After 5 p.m., it's a ghost town. And especially then, like 2020, early 2020, there was nobody there. And we're just like, it would make more sense for us to close down for a month, take that LOA, and then try to come up again. Um, so none of us were granted LOA. So is that where, um, is that where the hostility starts? Is the district manager like corporate's number one henchman? Uh, I mean, she was like an interim district manager at that time. I mean, I don't have her position. 
being thrown in that position, but she was definitely did not handle it really well with saying that, like, hey, you guys are, you know, quote, unquote, strong like coffee, and, you know, thank you for doing all that you do. And we're just like, <laughs> you're allowing people back into the store whenever there's still a pandemic going on and then telling us that half our staff needs to quit and the rest of us are not going to get enough hours to live. And just like, don't don't tell me that stuff. <laughs> like, that is a slap in the face. Um and so that's, I mean, that's exactly, like, how it happens. So it's like, you know, she's just there telling us, well, you know, this is what has to happen. Uh, I know you guys want to take it away, but you can't, um, even though that was an option that was provided. Um, but, you know, so half of our half of our um, crew left, um, and then the rest of us stayed uh, working through the pandemic in what would be very, the two most very difficult times to work. So what, like, what are some of the main asks that you have? What did you say? What are what are some of the main asks? Like what like what 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 what's the union chasing? Like what are you looking for in a, like a fairly negotiated contract? Um, really, first and foremost, um, the wages. Um, so, you know, in Franklin County with Columbus, you know, going up in price. I mean, we've all seen, like, the, the buildings coming in, the condos and whatnot. Not that any of us live right downtown, but cost of living is becoming higher. Um, our wage has not been, you know, staying at the day like so many service workers have not. Um, so our biggest one is, you know, getting a, a livable wage for our, uh, you know, our area of living, Franklin County specifically. Um, uh, like, in grouped in with that some possible, you know, possibly even some sort of compromise pay from working during the pandemic for all of us who did. Um, you know, like I said, we had the, you know, your essential worker pay, your service pay was, um, you know, taken away early in the pandemic, but then we were still having to work during a pandemic. And that has been one of the biggest um, complaints early on from just about every partner um, in the country. Um, so, I mean, livable wage, number one, like the plight of the working class is, you know, I just want to be able to afford to live, um, you know, sim- plain and simple. We're not, we're not asking for a Yeah, and this is, tomorrow. this is something we've asked Starbucks even before the pandemic. We're like, so, you know, a lot of what you're, you know, given us is not, not livable. Um, and, you know, they said... Uh, in 2000, 2023, we'll, we're going to bump up everybody to starting at $15 an hour. And we're like, okay, well, $15 an hour now is not even livable. The days of $15 an hour. I was just like, oh, no, no, the bar is way higher. You can't live on $15 an hour. Nobody can. Nobody can. And so we're just like, so you're planning this. And at the time, that was 2020. So in three years, the minimum you're going to make is $15 an hour. I was like, well, who's know what, what the cost of living is going to be in 2023? Right. Um, so, you know, our first and foremost, uh, pretty much the thing we've asked for years and years and years at this point is, hey, Starbucks, can we get, like, you know, some raises and starting pay and even equity between senior partners opposed to um, – 
know, people who are just hired, which has been an ongoing problem in the company is someone who works as a barista for four years is making X amount of dollars, but then someone who's hired in less than a year is also making that same wage. It's like, well, this person is training this person. Don't you think that there should be some, you know, they put the time in, they should also be, you know, paid adequately for their time and all the time spent. Um, and someone who just came out, you know, I mean, pretty simple concept, you'd think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so just like that and just livable wages has always been something that's on the, the partner's minds. Um, and there have been many blankets um, and Band-Aids over the years of of that. I mean, even in my experience um, working as a barista when I first started up in Supervisor, where I am now, um, is like, oh, you know, it, it'd be nice if, you know, I could pay for things. And they're like, okay, well, you know, how about a new dress code? I'm like, well, that's nice, but I, it kind of doesn't help my whole, like, needing to pay bills situation. Yeah. Um, they're like, okay, well, how about a Spotify premium, like, subscription on us? <laughs> just like, I'm like, that's, that's very nice, too, but that is not helping me whatsoever. <laughs> And just like, oh, you know, y'all seem very stressed out. Would you like a Headspace subscription? It's like, no, I would like what would help me out would be, you know, livable wages. Um, so it's always been the same, like, demand for things, but always the same of like, oh, okay, when they would. You know, I remember the, the first real big change that happened where I was very excited as a little, a little barista. And, you know, they said, like, okay, we're going to revamp the dress code and we're going to give you these, like, a new bulk rays and whatnot. And then they, at the time, when I first started, they had two raises they would give you a year. So you had a semi-annual raise based on your performance. And then they took that away, and they only gave you one raise. So when it came out, the more years you put in, you were actually not making more over time. Um, is, so, there, is there any negotiation on that raise? Like, or is it just like, here, here's what we have decided you're worth? Kind of I, it really feels like that. Um yeah, I mean, as of so far, I mean, like, we, you know, because so we're, we're coming up to our election date now. Um, as of right now, you know, I'm looking a lot as, you know, in my learning process with the union, um, looking a lot to my um, already union peers to see what they're negotiating for and, like, you know, what their, their plights have been as well. Um, it's, it's probably similar, right? Yeah, it's pretty similar. It seems like when I've talked to them, um, they're also having a very hard time with any sort of livable wage um, and, you know, raises being, um, you know, equitable, especially across lines of, like, how tenured a partner is. Um, and so, you know, we would negotiate for, you know, starting living wage and then um, wages going up per, you know, per year and, um, you know, per your longevity with the company, um, you know, et cetera, like that. So when – so when is when's the official election date? It is going to be counted on May 24th, so it will be live. So I will be tuning into it. Um, so yeah, so it's coming up really soon. Uh, I am feeling pretty good about it. Um, it's you know it it took a long time to get even all our um, our union cards filed enough. So Brookings United asked that we had at least 70 percent of our staff sign them um, and send them in. And so, you know, we had 50% like, right off the bat. Um, the other ones, like I said, that were just kind of like you know, afraid of retaliation, um, it took a little work with them. Um, 
you know, they weren't just going to, like, say, like, oh, well, I'm not going to put my, you know, my neck out for this when I have so much at stake, which is, you know, fair. But, you know, it did take us a while to actually be like, you know, no one's going to, like, you know, Starbucks is never going to see your name on these cards. It's all anonymous. It all just goes to the labor board, which is very helpful. And just kind of more, you know, as we educate ourselves, educating our partners about what it is to be union and how it differs than being at-will employees, such as, you know, being able to make our own contracts and whatnot that is specific to our store. Um, and so along those lines, we were able to um, to really, like, you know, kind of, like, get them more interested in, like, what this could be. But really the turning point was the retaliation that we received. Yeah, um, that's the topic so, I wanted to get into. What what kind of retaliation have you seen? Because people think it's, like, you know, we, you can just vote and then there's just a fair and free election, and that's not the case. Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So as soon as we filed, we, we were basically being prepped um, by our, uh, our representative to be like, okay, so these um, – you know, these are the tactics that Starbucks so far has been using, and this is how best to defend yourself from it. Um, and so Starbucks has hired Little uh, Romanson as their um, their lawyers in this anti-union campaign, if you will. Um, you know, very like 30 plus year old stuff. Like, you know, you could find like a book on anti-union busing in the library. It's like the the kind of stuff <laughs> they use. Um, you know, just very much the kind of. Yeah, like, you know, we actually have, like, you know, part of working in that is kind of like pamphlets and stuff they have for us was a, a bingo card that says, like, oh, you know, put a little, you know, token on anytime you hear these very anti-union marks of, like, well, we're all one family here. The Starbucks version of that is, like, we're all one Starbucks. Um, you know, like, well, you know, is there anything I can do for you? How are you feeling? It's just, like, you know, just all these kind of things of, like, oh, well, what can I do for you? Um, anything except... Money yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, during this time, you know, like, they – what we initially felt was the immediate cutting of uh, of labor, which has happened at pretty much every store that had filed, yeah. um, which we had to report to our um, representatives. And it has become such a problem that um, Workers United actually filed um, a lawsuit – through the, um, the National Labor Board against Starbucks because of the loss of hours as complete retaliation. Of course, Starbucks denies this, um, but everyone who has filed has felt it. Um, immediately, everyone in the store has gotten their hours sliced. Um, yeah, had, that, that would piss me. That would piss me off. Oh, it did, and that, that's exactly that, what happened. At that point, you know, there was, oh, yeah. there was an executive meeting. There was a room full of people that said, oh, it's not like you guys are sabotaging the business. It's oh no! Like you've been there nine years. It's not like you're a derelict employee. You're doing oh, everything. No. You're doing things that are entitled to you by American oh, exactly. law. And there is still this room full of executives that decide, oh, the guys that actually make us the money, the ones that are in the trenches, you know, escalating yeah. like a social worker, serving your, you know, your suburban business asshole who doesn't refuse to wear a mask, <laughs> like right, cut yeah, their wages, mean, cut their wages, mess with their oh, livelihood. Yeah. Yeah, so basically that that was what they started doing just to try and force people out. Like, well, you know, they're if you, you know, force people to leave the company by not giving them enough hours, then they will leave. Um, has, has, has that happened at your store? Um, thankfully, no. But um, mostly, and I must accredit 
um, to all the local unions around Columbus because as soon as they found out that we had filed, we just got love bombed by them. So here's here's the the real interesting part is that we had a bunch of labor cuts because we weren't making enough money. But as okay. soon as we filed, we got love bombed. Like we had so much business for three weeks straight. Yeah. Um, you know, we had like the union town. It is, it is. And so there was who, like the who, teachers' who, union who, who came up. Who, uh, what what local unions showed up for you guys? So, so yeah, the teachers' union definitely um, came up. Electricians and whatnot, like. The, it's like just all across the board, people are just saying like, oh, I'm with blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just want to say that, you know, congrats and, you know, good luck kind of stuff. And, you know, they, I mean, a lot of people just wanted to come in and be like, so how can we help you um, kind of thing? Because, you know, as we found out that unions like to help unions. Um, and so luckily we are right down the street. Yeah, exactly. Right down the street from the teachers union. So they have been our biggest ally and great mentors uh, for myself and the other organizers. Um, to, you know, check in on us and stop in if we were having any sort of infiltration happening, um, which, which we did utilize. Um, like when I said, like, well, the DN's here, the DN and the, the regional is here. Um, can I, you know, would anybody please come in just to, you know, show some support? And we, and like, so that, like, spread like wildfire. Like, all, everybody and like, all the unions in Columbus came, <laughs> came that day. Then, um, well, actually, we because again we're right by the state house. Um, Tim Ryan, before he even got elected, came in to show solidarity, <laughs> and so it was just like even just these officials would like come in from the Senate um, would just come in and just be like, "Oh hey, like I you know I heard you guys needed some solidarity, like show like some some support here," and so that's exactly what they did. Um, it 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 flabbergasted the the two people that were essentially there to pull people one one by one off the floor to um, infiltrate them and whatnot. Um, so going back to, you know, the cutting of the hours, um, we were able to keep our entire staff, thankfully, because we had started a uh, mutual fund for a store. Yeah. Um, and so there's we... A couple, there's a couple pennies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, so, um, you know, our friends from Teachers Union set one up for us. Um, you know, had the whole story and had been, like, spreading it around, saying, like, hey, this is a store that is, you know, first one to Columbus to file. Um, they're receiving, like, a lot of retaliation in the form of not, you know, giving enough, you know, working hours. Like, let's just say, like, my, like, our one full-time employee was working 15 hours a week. Like, how is the one full-time employee working that little? Um, and so we got this mutual fund and so we were able to essentially like help everyone who had, was not able to buy groceries, pay their rent, pay the utilities, um, able to get through the month um, after we had been been feeling that. So really, is that, with is that fund still ongoing? Can it people, is. Yeah. Can, can, mm -hmm. can people donate? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, where where would they where would they go to be able to find that? Um, it should be under the. If you look up Starbucks 88 East Broad, downtown Columbus, um, like Union, I believe it's called. Um, mutual aid. Yeah, mutual aid. Um, you you would be able to find it. It has um, it has the the the, um, the fist with the the shaker in it and whatnot. It has a few little updates of whenever um, Senator Sharon Brown came in. Um, 
but yeah, so it's you know we had like a stretch goal, then we had another stretch goal, and so it has it, it has helped so much um, for all of our workers just to get by. Um, yeah, so you know I'm super thankful that you know everyone has been showing their love. Have, have have they played any games with like your healthcare? Like if they kick you, you know what I mean? Like if they kick you, if you're supposed to be a full time employee, and they kick you down to 15 hours a week. Does that mess up like the healthcare aspect? Um, yeah, it could. It could. Um, I don't think the one full-time employee actually has the healthcare, so luckily she didn't have to, you know, deal with any of that. Um, there is still a lot of options for even if you're part-time to get healthcare um, through Starbucks, um, which is, you know, one of their, you know, more progressive things about them. Um, you typically have to maintain at least like 10 hours a week. So it did get dangerously low for a few people um, who would have to then either put vacation time if they had any on there um, or, you know, then, you know, it would be they start to have pay out of pocket for it. How, how, does, the, how does the vacation policy work? So every 30 days you get an hour, I believe, or 30 hours you get an, um, you get an hour accrued um, roughly. You feel that's uh, fair? I mean, you know, it could always work. You know, everyone could use a vacation. I mean, the, the, you know, I think my only, like, grievance with um, how the, the vacation worked was during the pandemic. Um, like, for instance, you know, none of us could go on vacation because pandemic. <laughs> um, and so a lot of us are vacation uh, caps, so it caps at 120 hours. Um, and then from there, it doesn't get, you know, recycled back into your paycheck. It just stops growing. Um, so, you know, I personally have lost a year's worth of um, vacation time um, simply because I couldn't go anywhere. And especially during, like, 2020, 2021, uh, I was they working. Didn't pay, they, did, they didn't pay you out for that? No, no. It just stops accruing. Um, so that royally pissed me off. <laughs> I was royally pissed off by that. Um because it's just like, oh, well, you know, I couldn't go anywhere, but then I was also working more hours than I was able to give at the time. Um, so, you know, even taking just, like, personal days off seemed impossible. Um, but, you know, so it's like, you know, you didn't, you didn't, I didn't think about that because typically I would, you know, during a normal time of year, I would, wouldn't have that problem. Like, I would probably go on some sort of small vacation and use some vacation time. Um, but, you know, here at Captain, they're just like, no, no, you just don't get any of it. I'm just like, but why wouldn't you just roll that into someone's paycheck? But that's just not how it's written. So I kind of feel like that could just definitely easily, easily just be rolled, you know, into someone's like paycheck if they do cap it. You know, if they don't want to take a vacation or if they don't have time to take a vacation, like you know, that could that could be something that we would also, you know, negotiate about um, if people felt that, that was something they really wanted in our store. Um, I mean, other than that, like I think the other one was uh, the digital tips being um, being the biggest issue for the last six plus years, um, with you know people paying with card and whatnot. Right? When it comes to tips, cash is always king. Listen, cash is always king. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, over the years, because people become a little bit more cashless, but then the pandemic hit, and then people became very like not super cash oriented. Um, it's been more had I feel like more complaints came from customers who would pay with card saying after they're done with the trans transaction, be like, um, well, how do I tip on this? And I was like, oh, well, it, it doesn't, it isn't enabled to, to do any sort of digital tipping. 
and they're like, why? <laughs> and then just like, that's such a good question because, and you really just came down because, you know, we had these new um, card readers that came in um, and we're just like, okay, oh, cool, cool. We're going to get digital tips now. We have new card readers. And no, it wasn't there. Um, and, you know, really I mean, like. Man, it's crazy because, I mean, I always, like, I always throw 20, you know, 20% men. Yeah, I mean, like, anywhere you go, like, square and stuff. Every place has that now, you know? Exactly. Like, for Starbucks not to have that, like, And it became a thing where it's just, like, you know, someone who is even with Google and whatnot was just, like, you know, that is actually programmed in there, but it's just disabled. So all they have to do is basically flip the switch. Um, So, you know, I kind of think. You're not, like, tipping, in a perfect society, tipping wouldn't exist because workers, you know, would have their living wages. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like you know, like so tipping, that's like, what I thought. Like, you're not, you're not gonna let your, you're not gonna let your customers pay your workers. <laughs> exactly. I know, like it makes no sense, right? Like I'm just like, okay, you've been hearing us complain about wages for years now. Why would you not make it easy for your own customers to tip us when they do want to tip us? Um, and you know, it's most places where like barista work, you know, it's it's not you get like change. It's not like a server thing where it's like you're living off of these tips, but it could in this, you know, matter of fact of just how little we've been getting paid, be very you know, very helpful. I mean, when I first started out, the tips I got were my grocery money for the week. So yeah, if it was a bad tip saying, day even if it's grocery money for the week, that is a substantial improvement of material condition. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like in those digital tips, so then they would, uh, you know, automatically tax it. They have to, like, you know, wait on us to actually, like, you know, report it or something. So, you know, it's, it makes no sense, except the only thing we could really fathom is that they just didn't want to pay the uh, transaction fees for doing that. And so we're just like, okay, so instead of allowing us to have, you know, more money go into our pocket for the work that we do, you just didn't, you wanted to save some pennies. Um so, you know, just a kind of other thing of, like, why aren't you listening? Yeah, exactly. It's always just going to be those people out there that are, as long as I'm getting mine, fuck you. Like, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the statistic, but, you know, uh, the year uh, 2020, when the profits came out, Starbucks made um, almost 30% more um, in profits that year just from the pandemic. And that was the year they took away all of our service pay and took away all of our labor while also complaining that there weren't enough people to work. Oh, we don't have enough workers. But then you also forced every, like half of the store to leave. <laughs> like, but then also like, you know, really got this like incredibly great profit. Um, and so we're like, okay, great. Like, you know, can we, you know, can you show some of that love to us? And, you know, of course not. You know, there might have been like a little, you know, like the usual annual raise kind of bump, but nothing really substantial. And so, were they really surprised whenever, you know, stores started unionizing? <laughs> like, when it's just like, you know, like we we asked you for over years, and then this came out where it's obvious that you got plenty of money, but instead of giving us a piece of that pie, you gave a substantial amount to the CEO at the time. As a parting gift, <laughs> and he and he's back now. Yeah, so right. Keith Johnson Howard was the one. Returned. Yeah, Howard Schultz's return after Keith Johnson had uh, retired with his big old bonus. Basically, um, basically, he returned to stomp you guys. Absolutely, and he's notorious. He is a notorious union buster, Howard Schultz. 
Um, he actually lobbied, um, I think, in the 80s. Um, I forget the name of the bill, but um, he lobbied against this bill that would basically make it easier for workers to um, to unionize and kind of just be a bit more like have the more say in the uh, the work that they do and like in the companies and whatnot. Um, so you know he is has a record of being very anti-union. When he was campaigning for presidency, he talked about that as well, thinking that unions were not the answer. Um, so he's a very big anti-union dude. Um, and so naturally he was brought back as interim CEO to, to stomp this out, which historically whenever he comes back, you know, it's kind of like this it gets people more riled up to be like, okay, like the original founder's back. Like, you know, there's, you know, there's like this kind of like little term we call him Uncle Howie, and that's kind of like an, un, like an endearing kind of name for him. Um, but this time around it's very different, um, you know, especially now that, you know, this – his presence is not stopping the fire that has like been lifted in workers in Starbucks and of course now with other workers throughout the nation. Um, you know, he's trying to quench this fire that has already like deep seated through years of unhappiness. Right. Um, and so now that we have this platform, we have this voice, um, you know, the company's having a very hard time like quenching that. Um you know, that, that real drive to be, well, you know, advocate for ourselves. Um, so, you know, you can see, like, the, uh, you know, the brand is just breaking down now. Uh, you know, the more that he lashes out and the more the company lashes out, the investors, you know, the, the public itself is seeing all this. Um, and so it's really not working in their favor whatsoever to be retaliating. Uh, it, it's really, it truly is, like, <laughs> like just unfortunate to see because you know they're trying these tactics to be very forceful, but then it's just it's you know just the same the as my story. It's pushing people more toward unionizing. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with the tactics, like you tell you know, like he says, you know, there's there's plenty of library, there's plenty of books in the library about their tactics. I mean, once you're familiar with their tactics, right? Yeah, it's just like you know, like <laughs> the whole charade just tumbles. Like it does yeah and so like you know the more like you know the stories come out of him just being outlandish and of course all the leaks and stuff and talking about stuff is just i mean it's really laughable it really is and it's, you know what, being like, what, what was like the, what would be in the, like what's the biggest thing that howard schultz has done since he returned i mean like you know the, his general disconnect so i had to watch this video of him talking around the subject of just being like you know very much in love with the company and his partners and blah 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 um and all the great things that you know we have done and all the things that he had like you know given you know such as health care and like you know tuition reimbursement you know really bolstering all this stuff that has happened in the past which are all you know good things for sure um but he's failing to understand why and also failing to address the elephant in the room of why things are happening and not really like exhibiting any sort of understanding of what the plate of his workers are. Um, he is so disconnected. Yeah, I mean, like, like his reality, entire it would like, be like an alien, like trying to explain your existence to like an alien, like. Yeah, I'm just like I'm like like it's feel like you know Starbucks is like good about saying how. Oh well, we're always listening. We want to listen to you and hear you. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, we, well, that's yeah, you have not yeah. been doing that. I'm like, I don't think you can hear me from your like eight vacation homes, Howard Schultz. Um, that you know we're suffering, and you have not done anything to help that. Um, and now it's continually just you know trying to like just 
push it away into saying that, well, this third party is taking our people. And it's like, no, the, the third party, Workers United, did not take anybody. We found them. <laughs> like, we yeah, willingly United, found I've them. No, I've heard nothing but good things about Workers United. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, you know, I've talked to them, you know, got a little bit of history, you know, when we were first, like, chatting with, like, the reps and whatnot. We're like, so, look, who are you? Like, blah, 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 what's your history? And they're like, it's been centuries. Like, workers with, with like, factory textiles has been their roots. Uh, and now they find themselves really just rearing up the entire service, like, workers, just labor movement now. Um, yeah, and I love it. What I love about this and what I love about you, um, just from this short time talking to you, I've said for years that just the Columbus service industry is so ripe mm-hmm. for unionization. It really because is. Because all the workers are dealing, are dealing with the same asshole customers. They're dealing with the same, you know, hand-to-mouth existence. And, like, if Columbus is going to be this, this destinate, you know, this convention city where we get, you know, all of the drawbacks of being a tourist city without actually living in a desirable (laughs) vacation to, uh, you know, the workers, like, it's so right. And when you guys Mm. win this, when you guys win this election, I hope it sets off a chain reaction. Oh, yeah. No, us us too. Yeah. I mean, like that, and then, like, my personal, like, vision for that is not for this to even stop at Starbucks. Like, of course, I wanted to, you know, like, with our efforts to be, you know, filing as the first Starbucks in Columbus, um, was hoping to be able to influence other stores as well, but not just for Starbucks, but for even just, like, you know, just any other workers, bartenders, like, servers, stuff like that. I would love to see that kind of movement um, with the rest, you know, because I've worked those jobs as well, and, you know, these all these service-working jobs – they are thankless work. It's like, you know, like no one ever says like, oh, I really enjoy being a server because, you know, people just really appreciate all that I do. Like, no, like you typically deal with a really bad management. You know, you work very long hours. You have to like, you know, scrap a bunch of food if you even get some time, downtime to eat anything. Um, you know, a lot of it, and it goes like, like you said, just you're on your feet for hours and it's incredibly tiring. Um, and the emotional aspect is incredibly tiring. Um, all just to get, like, hopefully a pretty good paycheck at the end of it. Um, but when it comes down to it, like, all service workers are abused by uh, clientele because they see them as lesser. Um, so I, if they're I think, con- I think we need to just move away from the idea of considering someone your server. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know like, what I mean? Like, like it, it just puts this, like, 18th century men- mentality where, like, every little asshole thinks, like, there's some, you know, railroad tycoon with like an actual service like yeah oh yeah um, i mean it's almost like real life indentured servitude i mean like i a quote i heard like years ago which was you know something i've really kind of like kept with me as someone who who works in the service industry is that i provide customer service not customer servitude um, and that distinction, I think, is a really good at least for me to keep in mind as, like, the way that I kind of go about my customer service, which is, I, you know, I do, this is my job. I want to provide this customer service. But if you come at me, you know, being demanding and berating and whatnot, like, uh, no, I'm not your servant. Like, I don't need to take this kind of abuse from people. 
Um, and I think that is, you know, something that every service worker should should feel like, you know, that their place would have their back for that as well and kind of, you know, whatever their employer is would also kind of be like, no, like, this is wrong for people to abuse servers and any sort of service worker. Um, there should be that cut line. And, you know, if they can't do that out of the good faith of their own company, then I feel like maybe perhaps a union would help them with that. Right, because if we were family, <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Like, when people, like, my brother and I don't look at each other and go, we're family. Like, we, we understand that, that that part goes unsaid. So, like, when people are telling me that we're family, that's, like, red flag number one. <laughs> right, yeah. It's just, like, you shouldn't have to tell me that, like, oh, well, we're, we're all one together. And, like, you want to, you know, cut this, down this us versus them. I'm, like, you know, when they, when they say they want to, like, they want to stop, they want to cut off this us versus them kind of talk. It's just, like, well, why I think you should possibly be asking yourself is, why is there this us versus them mentality? Not let's get rid of it. Oh well, and, but, and they, well, and they are not wrong. There is an mm-hmm. us versus them mentality, and it's them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just like it's them, maybe you should look at yourself you and see why there is this differentiation um, that's happening. And like you know, a big one just being like, well, I've been down here making the profits for everyone, but dealing with a lot of bullshit. And while you get to have your Zoom meetings and the comfort of your house by your fire, by your pool, wherever you are. Look. Oh, right. What's, so it's what's, just, what's the highest? What's the highest ranking, like official, I guess, from corporate that's been in the office since? Um. So our regional director was the one. Um. You know. So she's the one that we absolutely never see. Never see. I think I met her. I met her maybe like five years ago, um, for one of like the listening meetings we had for um, just downtown stuff happening. Just being like a store downtown and why it's different than, you know, working in a store that's like in suburbia or anything like that. Um, and even then, I could feel it. You know, I I could tell she's a little disconnected in understanding what the plate of a worker, especially downtown in any city, is different than her local Starbucks just in like her area of suburbia. Um, so, you know, that was a, one of the only time I had met her before, but then this last time around, it was because, you know, she had come in to, to grace us with her presence to, you know, see if there's anything that she could help us with. And, you know, she, yeah, she, she filled up my, my snacks and she, she swept my floor. <laughs> like all that stuff, the same stuff that you saw in Buffalo. I was just like, wow. Um, I mean, she was. It was funny because she actually got into an argument with a uh, with someone uh, at the workers uh, at the um, at the teachers union <laughs> about about unions um, because they were all there being very vocal about how very pro union they were and talking to us and saying like hey like um, you know I see that you don't have digital tips you know that's something that you could um, negotiate for <laughs> like um, so they they were not happy about that and um, got into it apparently in the lobby just a little bit. Um, so which I thought was just kind of funny. Um, I wish I could, I, I wish I could digitally tip that teacher. <laughs> right, yeah. I was like, well, you're fighting the good fight. I mean, he was he was definitely there to to protect. Um, you know, it's it was pretty great. Yeah, everyone there for that infiltration was very very um supportive and helped us all out. Just so, from yeah. So, so there's there's you guys downtown, 
and then Westerville right now. Mm-hmm. Right? That's correct. Are, are there are, are there more coming? You think? I think so. Um, I definitely so, think so. Like you got you know it's like it's like you guys are going to be the Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, of uh, yeah, pretty much just for yeah, like all little Columbus here. Um, I know there's some other stores in Cleveland, of course, and then one in Cincinnati. Um, so uh, Cleveland should be the first one in all of Ohio, one of them in uh, Cleveland. And then we're thinking that we're going to be the second. Um, but are, you guys, uh, are you guys familiar um, with each other? Any other, like, uh, no, but you guys just pretty much go through the same union? Yeah, we just kind of just go through the same unit. But since, you know, we found out about each other, like, filing, we have actually gotten in contact with each other to kind of, you know, especially because, you know, we're of Ohio and Ohio laws and whatnot, you know, just seeing, yeah. um, you know, having that same kind of proximity and whatnot then to, you know, of course, like, New York being a little bit different. Um, we all have, like, contacts with each other now to um, just kind of inform of each other what's going on and seeing how everyone's feeling. Um, it's kind of like that camaraderie of looking out for each other, um, kind of mentality with each other now. Yeah, I describe it as, like, there's a fight. Like, capital and labor are always going to be engaged in, mm. uh, you know, warfare without the blood, basically, until the end of time. Like, as long as we live under this system, that's the fight. So yeah. if you're going into a fight, like, not not saying I would, we would, I would ever want to fight, Damon, but if I'm going into a fight with only one finger, I can't do much against you in a fight with one finger. I can, you know, I can't poke you to death. <laughs> uh, but if, you know, if my one finger starts talking to my other finger, if he starts talking to my other finger, and then suddenly I've got a gang of five, and I can turn those individual figures, fingers into a fifth. Well, suddenly, I'm a lot. I'm much more effective in that fight. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, you know, like God, I, 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 I hope you guys win. I, I mean, I know you guys are gonna win. I know you guys are gonna win. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too confident in case you know my hopes get up. I, I am very, very optimistic that. We will win this, um, and you know, go ahead and just start. You know, like we we know conversations with you know, or you know, like bargaining and whatnot are going to take a very long time. Um, but you know, our big thing is you know we know bargaining with Starbucks is going to take a long time simply because it's taken a long time with Buffalo, but that's whenever they were just just Buffalo and they were the only union. But now oh yeah but now like as more and more places unionize um there's a bit more of like like that kind of same like uh, uh analogy you use where it's just like there's more of us now saying like no you need to you need to work with us about this um and I, you know i find it like really interesting about how you know like now starbucks was coming out with their um like, oh, we're going to raise the wages and, you know, we're going to bring out digital tips. Oh, look at that, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it's like, well, we're not going to do that for the that union works. stores. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which, you know, it was it was funny because I had, like, a regular kind of come in and talk about that because she knew that we were unionizing. She's like, oh, did you see that Starbucks is going to, you know, up the wages and give digital tips but not to union stores? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I read that. And she's just like, so what do you think about it? I'm like, no, that's good. That's great. I love that. She's like, but it's not going to be you guys. I'm like, no, because we're going to be on a contract, of course. 
Um, she's like, so you're not like jealous that other stores that aren't union are, are going to get this? I was like, no, this is exactly why we're unionizing. And so you see, and that's the thing that people don't understand is that. Solidarity is a beautiful thing. It yeah, it's just like. Beat. It can't be no, beat. Oh, no, it can't. But like, you know, the people don't understand is like, you know, I don't unionize just so that I can be part of a union and get everything better than anybody else. Like, no, I, just because I associate with a union doesn't mean that I want the non-union associated members to not also benefit from the union. And that's a beautiful thing about the presence of a union being in any sort of area is that it keeps the employer in check. So, yeah, so like, yeah, of course, they're going to offer these benefits as they should to non-union stores, yeah. um, you know, because this would have never happened unless the union was pushing for it. And so when I, when I told her, I was like, no, like, this is exactly what should be happening. This is exactly what we want to happen. And she's like, she's like, she kind of had that little like, <laughs> you know, deer in the headlight. Like, I don't understand why you're not angry about this. I'm like, because this is exactly what should be happening right now. Like, if this, you know, the union presence lifts the boat of every worker, and that's why unions work for workers. Yep. Um, and so I was like, no, this is great. Yeah, like we'll be on our contract. You know, we'll be slightly different probably, but other than that, I mean, they should because if union stores are negotiating for, you know, higher pay, digital tips, anything like that, well, then the non-union members are going to be like, well, I want that too. So then the, you know, the employer also has to raise up their, um, you know, way of living as well. Rising tide lifts all ships. Exactly. Exactly. People to understand, like, if you guys eat Starbucks, it will be a win for every service worker in the area. Oh, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. even if they don't, because that's what the unions do. They set mm. the ceiling. They set the ceiling, and they will bring everybody else up with them. Exactly. Yeah, so it's very, very exciting, and I'm very, very blessed to be part of just, like, even this movement being, you know, all the connections I've made with different people and, like, you know, learning from their stories and what they've gone through and uh, just being a part of this historical moment, but then also kind of being, like, walking the footsteps of, so many other workers in the past that have granted us things like vacation pay and weekends and stuff like that, you know, yeah. you know, just like the very like common like things that we just take for granted now. It's like, well, those were made because of workers where they would never got that. Well, and um, think, and this is just another thing. I think that's why you see a lot of reactionary members in unions now, because like a lot of them, there's a lot of union members out there that the union was already on was already negotiated for them that they slid into. Mm -hmm. you know, whereas you are like, I mean, you're a pioneer, trailblazer. Mm -hmm. you know yeah, so. I mean? so, you're not, so like, you're not, you're not going to fall poison. Like, I, I, would, I would hear people all the time in trade, in, in trade unions just like, you know, making, talking all this conservative talk. It's like, where do you think this whole idea of the union came from? It was mm -hmm. not on the right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a very radical idea. And there's a reason oh, why yeah. people like Howard Schultz have spent the last 50 years poisoning the working class mindset against the idea of solidarity. The right oh yeah, it's just like they've tried to do the divine conquer, so, the usual spiel of everything. Um, uh, but I mean, it, it's it's a beautiful thing that we have all like you know because we live in a time where we're very connected. Um, so this labor movement is very just accelerated and supported by being able to be connected with one another and share our experiences 
inform each other when things are happening. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a beautiful time for a labor movement. It really is. Of course, right after a pandemic, you know, like as we're, you know, going through the rest of the pandemic and whatnot, um, you know, you know, why are there not enough service workers coming back? It's like, well, like I said, it's uh, undesirable work mostly. Um, and one simple trick, pay your workers more. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's not like, you know, people like, you know, like, like myself, like I, I've worked in customer service for like 10 years, over 10 years now. Um, you know, and I found about myself is that, you know, I do like, actually, you know, I like my job. Like whenever people say like, you know, I've worked for Starbucks for over eight years. Like, why well, you must really like your job. I'm like, well, it's complicated. Yeah, that's, I'm just like, I do. I, like, I, assume, I assume the union, you know, the unionization effort is probably like pepping your step. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like I was that, thinking like, about what, like what, you know, cause a lot of people just, I know a lot of Americans, be listening to this and just be like, oh, just go, quit, you know, quit your job and go get another one. You know, like what, like what kept, what kept you coming back? I mean, for me, it was always came down to the store. So I, when I first started, I worked in Easton Town Center um, at the cafe store um, right in the middle. Oh, uh, you, you, you've been in the trenches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it was, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was not the funnest place to work, but what kept me there was my crew. I mean, I guess we were all kind of trauma bonded, if you will. Um, but it was really also um, my my store manager. Like I like adore. She was like the work mom, like truly. Um, and like she was so kind that I wanted to work more and be like a better worker for her mm-hmm. to make her look good. And also, you know, support all our regulars that were actually very nice. I mean, we had a lot of shitty people that came in that day, and especially, like, seasonally. It got very, very stressful. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we liked working with each other. And at the end of the day, we liked our jobs. And that still holds true. I'm like, they'll say, like, wow, you must really like your job. I'm like, you know, I do. I do like being a barista. Like, when I, like, I'm in my zone and I'm pumping out, you know, all the drinks and connecting with customers and, like, you know, really just having, like, genuine connections with people, like, I love that. Like, I truly do. And so when people say, like, well, if you don't like, you know, the conditions of your job, why don't you just go somewhere else? Like, why would I go to another job that's going to treat me the same? Just, like, why would I not stay to, to fix this? Because I'm one of those, I guess I'm just one of those people that I'm like, I don't like to just jump to something else thinking that, well, this will be better. Um, you know, like if it's a service working job, it probably be just about the same. <laughs> just like, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, like I like doing my job, but I also, you know, like not being abused and exploited for doing my job. So it's just like, why would I not stay and try to fight a, like a, for a better, like a better working class America than just complain about it and just go somewhere else? Um you know, it's like it's all part of just like fixing the system that needs to be fixed instead of just leaving it. And um, you know, for possibly like you know, me personally, I don't, I don't think I'd ever see myself in an office. Like honestly, the the idea of it makes me kind of just cringe um, because I like to be active, um, and that's me personally. Like I like doing what I do because I like seeing people and I like making drinks and like perfecting like even just foam art and stuff like that and just learning new things. Um, but right. I don't think that should be something that condemns me to a life of poverty. Right. I mean, it, and it's, it's not like you're working for a mom and pop shop. 
Exactly. It's just like, this is Starbucks. <laughs> they can afford it. It's just like, it's like nobody can deny it. They can't even deny it. But, right. you know, they, they just don't address it at all. Right. But you've, you've been so generous with your time. I, I, I promise you I've only got a couple questions left. All right. No, you're fine. What, I guess we'll, we'll, start with, we'll start with the positive one. Um, what, what advice would you give to somebody like that? Because there's talent. I mean, the phone art and all that, it blows my mind. I can never do it. I, you know, it's like it's more skilled than I can ever muster with my finger. Um, what advice would you give to, like, somebody starting out as a young barista? Um, number one, don't panic. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, I and mean, that's something we all say to each other, like, you know, whenever it comes down to date, like, it's just coffee. But, you know, like, one of the, the biggest things, especially when you, you kind of start teaching them bar, they just start getting a little panicky. Um, and, you know, like, I get it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure to, to make a drink and make it well. And, you know, especially whenever, you know, the clientele sees that you're new, you know, they smell the fear a little bit. Um, you know, but, you know, like, and then, of course, you know, once you start – learning how to make something correctly, then you have to throw a bunch of other stuff into the mix of just also being, becoming the machine that is also just multitasking yeah. between drinks or, you know, talking with people. I think that's probably the big thing that is uh, very difficult for a lot of people is being very speedy with what they do, but then also still giving that customer service aspect um, that is expected. Uh, especially for Starbucks, like they they very much put that like no, we are forward facing. We want to connect with people, and that's very much part of your job. Um, and that can just be like very very frustrating and very very um, draining for a lot of people starting out in the job, um, which often you know times just kind of weans out the people who are just not really feeling it so much. Um, it's just like you know like sometimes you do have to look up from all the drinks you're making to make that eye contact and say hello, you know. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's not easy. Um, but, you know, over time it does get better. And then, you know, over time you might find that, you know, it's actually something that's, you know, pretty enjoyable once you feel very confident in it. What, what's the most psychotic order that you've ever received? The most psychotic order I've ever received? <laughs> all right. So, all right, get this. What's, like, the most insane – because I'm sure you got some freaks coming through there. What's the most insane request you've seen them making an order? Oh, well, I'm I'm really thinking the one that really just pops in my mind every time is uh, something someone would get all the time, which was pretty <laughs> insane to me. Um, and this was back in my Easton days, and there was this man who every time he had a free drink, he would get a venti cup full of as many shots of espresso that would fit into it. Um, and so, like, each shot of espresso is about an ounce. So a venti hot cup is a venti, is, is a, um, is, you know, it's, it's 20 ounces. So uh, there would be 20 shots of espresso in this big old cup. Go do drugs, man. <laughs> right, yeah, and it was just, like, one of those, I'm like, but, you know, he, he loved the attention, though, and I'm pretty well, that's why he did it. Like, you know, he would come to our store and do that every day. All of us who had been there were just like, oh, okay, you know, there's this guy, uh, you know, and he, he would love it when you'd, like, write, the t you know, that's why we, like, would still write on cups, and so you'd put the 20 in the shot box, and, you know, he'd have it there and get, you know, a really big cup of water with it, of course, and he'd go sit in the cafe with 
the 20 shots of espresso pointing out so that people would walk by and be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. He's like, yes, yes, I drink it all. Um, it's just like, you know, it was just, it was such a strange, like, thing that would happen. And it was just, like, so funny because, like, you know, it would it would always come down to, like, well, we can't put more espresso in it. I'm just dying, like. I mean, he would just, he would sit there in the cafe. I'm like just being excited, like, ooh, I've got my freak, like walking into the store. Yeah, yeah, no. he's gonna order. Like. It was, it was funny, and then like, I just died the day that he came in, and we had on the retail the the this ridiculous size, like giant cup of coffee, like in like a, a mug. So it was like you know like two feet high, and he was like, oh, if I buy my espresso with this, look, you have to fill it up. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, no. <laughs> like, we're, not, we're not filling it up with espresso. Um, but it was just, you know, he, he was a character for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he loved, I don't know, he, he just got that so many times that I honestly don't understand how how he was able to do it. <laughs> well, I was like, you know, it was kind of like one of those, like, whenever you're, like, a bartender and you're like, I don't know if I should give this person an open drink. They might hurt themselves. <laughs> it, sometimes it felt like that where I'm just like, are you okay? <laughs> and he would use the bathroom, like, six times while he was there because, of course. But, um, yeah, no, he said he would take it home and he would put it in the fridge and he would continue drinking it. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like that's that's pretty insane. Like, um, yeah, I think that you know, of all the things that I've I've seen, all the crazy combinations and stuff, that one still that one still sticks with me. <laughs> like, yeah, because we had when I was a server back in the day, we had a customer. I worked at the steakhouse in Maine. We had a customer called the Milkman. Mm-hmm. And he was just this old frail man, and he would come in, and he'd always get a, a glass of milk. For uh, like for like dessert, basically. He's like, I'm ready for my milk. <laughs> All right, man. Okay. He was like, and then he would just say like wildly sexually inappropriate things, like the waitress is like, "You want to go neck out in the parking lot?" And he's like, oh, what? God. <laughs> yeah, I can I can pick, picture him to this day. Don't know his name, but still I can. But he's milkman. Yeah. Like, here comes the milkman. Yep. Oh yeah, and they're always like the familiar faces, and yeah, like we kind of have the same way of how we identify certain customers, even like not even like the the ones that have the insane orders, but just like you know, if you know you have like five mics that like you know you see throughout the day, and we're like, oh, you know, you know, you know, Grande dark roast mic or you know blah 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 you know like we would all like kind of differentiate by if, if they had a regular drink um which is kind of like you know in the store every store is just like you know to, to kind of just be like well you know we don't need the last name this is not like a business thing but you know we we got the first name or whatever name they go by and you know and they get this and so it's like oh okay great yeah and i know what you're talking about because you know <laughs> all about identifying people <laughs> i work at speedway and people would be like yeah I come in here all the time. It's like, yeah, you and a lot of other people, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I recognize your face, but you know, the name is just not. It's just not coming to me. Like, <laughs> oh man, Damon Snore, everybody, partner to start with. Damon, if the rest of your workers that have half the solidarity that you do with the, the working class. Starbucks is in for a hell of a fight, and <laughs> they're going to make somebody <laughs> a lot more tougher than Howard Schultz. Yeah. Are you on social, yeah. are, are you on social media at all? Can people follow? Is that do you want people to follow you? 
That's the chance they want to. find more of you? Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram and I'm in, on Facebook, but that's about it. Um, I mean, you can is just, there, you know. Is there like a, like a, you get, does the unionization effort have a, a social media page at all or? Um, Starbucks uh, Workers United does. Um, so we don't have one just for our stores, but if you look up, um, so, so that would be the SB best workers. to like stay updated? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like SB Workers United. Um, you can find them on uh, Instagram, and they have uh, all the stuff that's going on throughout the, the nation with uh, the movement and whatnot. Okay. Um, it's very cool to see. And does the stuff when people come in and, like, put their name down as, like, Union Yes or, like, Union Strong, does that help? It does. It does. Yeah, like, for us who are, like, you know, very much just, like, you know, very thankful for them, like, showing support and, like, you know, showing that kind of understanding and saying, like, hey, like, keep fighting the good fight kind of stuff. Like, it's very nice to see. Um, you know, like, uh, a lot of people just, you know, come in just being like, you know what, Union strong. And I'm just like, hey, I appreciate you. <laughs> like, you know, like some, like, some of the people are like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, you know, for yeah. some of us, it's just like, I'm like, hey. See, that, like, that, that is being seen. Oh, Yeah. Or- Oh, you know absolutely. What I mean, that is what that brings. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to our store, but, you know, it's very hard to find, honestly, um, because it's tucked kind of – it's kind of like a hole in the wall in the building. Yeah, um, so, you know, the fact that people have actually, like, seen any of the press that came around us or know that we where we are now, and they actually came out of their way to, to come to our little store just to say, like, hey, solidarity. I mean, I, I think that's just the greatest thing ever. Um you know, it's just like people just go out of your way just to show some support is, you know, very touching. You're a hell of a guy. You're a hell of a guy. And, and you're a hell of a leader. I can already tell. Um, Thank you. They, they are, this is our first time talking, so I, I know you're not uh, familiar with our obscure little <laughs> podcast in the south end of Columbus. Um, but we have a tradition that we, have, we always end. Uh, we always end. Final question is again. We smash. Starbucks corporate, Howard Schultz is in prison. America has just elected you as president. And that, no, not president, I'm sorry, king. And you get three and you get three royal decrees that can be enforced to fix society, to change the world how you see fit. Give me your three king decrees. Oh, geez. Uh, I mean well, I guess going along with uh, the union needs us. You know, equity, equity of wages and, you know, um, for working class to, you know, like more, you know, distribution of, you know, how, you know, the taxes go. Uh, I mean, I guess a lot of them might just have a lot of socialist ideals, surprise, surprise. Um, uh, you know, legalize marijuana. Like, come on. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's it's so, it's so... Like I wrote a call in typical Ohio fashion. Like I thought it was like a, a serious thing, like to get your medical weed card. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I was in a serious car accident. I set up employment. I was like, I was in a serious car accident two years ago. And I'm like, you know, it's a true story. I, but it was something I could like provide documentation to. They just breeze me through. <laughs> and it's like, what, like, you know, because Ohio, Ohio's got to get their cut for fifty dollars too. And mm-hmm. it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, people? Like, we're, like there's people out there enforcing marijuana laws. There's people in jail right now on marijuana laws. Like, come on. 
Oh, absolutely. It's it's ridiculous at this point where it's like there's so much even stigma still, but you know, stigma takes a lot of like cultural changing minds for that. But legally, like we know this is helpful. <laughs> like, man, we know. I, um, I like what I'm like what I'm hearing, man. I like what I'm hearing. You're, you're, you got me on the brink of vote for you, bro. What, what, what's your number? What's your number three? My number three is um, uh, abolition of uh, the private prison system. Honestly. Um, that is something that's actually very close to my heart because um, I've had uh, family members that have been incarcerated, and it does absolutely ruin their lives. Um, and so I think that private prisons are just modern-day slave labor um, because they pretty much are. And it's not about rehabilitation. It's about locking people up and throwing away the key. Um, and I think that is the biggest waste of life and that we still allow that in this country is disgusting to me. Um and I would love for that to be completely, completely uprooted um, and actually see for a society that, you know, allows people to heal than just be punished for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Man. Deep thinker. Deep thinker. Mm-hmm. snore, everybody. Well, that concludes episode five of the podcast, The Crowcast, the number one dark horror fantasy gothic podcast oh, yeah. on the internet. Thank you, my friend, and we are now signing off. Goodbye. Man, thank you, dude. So I'm, yeah, I'm, praying, no, thank to, you. I'm praying to Jesus. This, this <laughs> recorded. I, I, I'm 90% sure it, it, it'll happen. You're, man, you're the, fucking, you're the fucking man, dude. And if there, anything, if there is anything, like, if you need anything signal boosted, um, the Columbus, you know, freaks, um, mm. that, like we can help, like if there's, you know, corporate's coming down, we need to show out support or whatever. If you need anything amplified um, for the union efforts, hit me up in my inbox, man. It's no problem at all. You got an hour. I appreciate you so much, EJ. Thanks yeah. for having me. You're the man, dude. Godspeed, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. Glad. Bye.